Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of the FPL Fortress. We had to take a bit of a hiatus, but we're back now and ready to provide all the insight you need for the last game week before the World Cup. I'm Jacob. And I'm Jaya. It's a bit of a strange time in FPL, isn't it? We're only halfway into the season, but we're talking about dead-ending our teams and looking at just this one game week for all of our transfers. Well, these are unprecedented times. The World Cup effectively gives us each a third wildcard to use, so let's take full advantage of that. It begs the question, then, which players and fixtures should we be targeting for this game week? But first, uh, let's uh, dive into the Game Week 15 review. And uh, this was quite a high-scoring game week. Um, and let's start by touching on Leeds 4, Bournemouth 3. Yeah, I mean, it was really just from start to finish a thrilling game. I I, I believe Leeds went up 1-0, and then Bournemouth went 3-1 up, and Leeds came all the way back to win 4-3. I mean, how often do you see something like that? Not to my recollection ever, honestly. Yeah, I mean, there was that game, I think it was Palace-Swansea about seven years ago, that was 5-4. But I don't think it was, had quite the, you know, the back and forth shifts that this one did. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's honestly one of the best comebacks um, yeah, in terms yeah. of scoring patterns that you can ever have. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Marsh was, was under a lot of pressure going into this game. Um, even though they did beat Liverpool last week, um, Leeds still have looked very uninspiring of late and um you know you can imagine the emotions that marsh was feeling when bournemouth went through and up yeah yeah i mean it's it's not a stretch to say that he could have been out of a job had they lost that game absolutely absolutely i mean it still does inspire so much confidence at least going forwards it just seems like that that intangible element they had under bielsa for a while they haven't really been able to to get that back yeah I guess so. I guess so. It's hard to capture, really, because Bielsa yeah. himself, no, I feel like he didn't, you know, he definitely lost it by the end of his reign. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I do want to give a shout out to Crescencio Somerville. Um, uh, he has, uh, I believe, three goals and assist in his last three, which is oh, very impressive. Yeah, and he's, yeah. he's looked very good. He looked very good. Yes. All right. Uh, moving on to Man City 2-1 Fulham. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was yes. it was pretty uh, nerve wracking for City at times. I think when they went down to ten men, but I think, I mean, even even when they lost Cancelo, they really seemed to be in control of the game. I think that's just a testament to you know the way Pep has has made this team able to dominate possession, dominate the scoring chances, and you know Holland after a somewhat dubious penalty found the breakthrough in the ninety third minute. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um... After going down to, to 10 men, you know, teams typically, you know, hide back into their shells and they have to park the bus for 90 minutes. But City absolutely did not do that. Um, in fact, I would say they, as you said, looked in control for the entirety of the game, even after Kenzo got sent off. Um, and uh, I think a lot of that, a lot of that um, is down to De Bruyne, Bernardo and Gundogan just running their socks off. Yeah, I mean, their their midfield is really, in terms of just the sheer quality, one of the best we've ever seen. And all, all three of them really have that element of being able to, when they're on the ball, just dominate play, really slow the game down, and make sure that City are able to establish possession and create chances. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Holland had that goal ruled out for a yeah. fine yeah. offside, which, which it was an offside. It was, it was, yeah. But, uh, you know, frustrating uh, at the time, given that I had brought in De Bruyne for a hit. 
Yeah. Which, by the way, that, that penalty win. Oh so, yeah, that, that was out. a very yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was a very cleverly won penalty, wasn't it? We'll 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 keep it at that. <laughs> I mean, the runner isn't. You know, you wouldn't think of him as as someone who dives or anything. So it was it was just very tactical. It was, it was, and it worked out. Yeah, almost didn't. I I, I would argue it almost shouldn't have because uh, Leno. Probably did. You're right, but it did, and City got three points, and that's all the record books will say. They did, they did. Um, I was gonna say I was not sure if that the Bruyne transfer had gone through because. Of course, the FPL servers decided to uh, fail on us yet again, right before the deadline. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I logged on to just make sure that Holland was my captain. And I think it was about half an hour before the deadline, and I, I just was not able to. Luckily, he still was, and he, he rewarded me with that that goal. But not, not a great moment for Fantasy Premier League. No, but I mean, I mean, pro- there's probably not much they can do about it, you know? No, I mean, servers can crash for a multitude of reasons. Yeah, I mean, there has been a lot of discourse on Twitter about uh, whether or not moving the deadline uh, to, let's say, three hours before first kickoff would mm-hmm. would be good, since that would, uh, you know, remove any high traffic due to, to team leaks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember going into this year, I think, they pushed the deadline up from an hour before the first game to an hour and a half before. And I, I don't know why they wouldn't just go all the way and make sure that team leaks really get eliminated. I suppose. I suppose. All right. Um, moving on to Chelsea 0, Arsenal 1. Man. Um, Potter, Potterball. I'm feeling a bit iffy about Potterball. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, I mean, this Chelsea team... Just doesn't look great, and a lot of that's just the personnel. Like the Sterling move, really oh, hasn't worked out at all. Um, Bamiang has. I mean, I don't know if this is really Bamiang's fault, but I mean, the team just isn't able to get him involved at all. Yeah. Um, he's really just been, you know, sent to chase down every, every long ball that comes his way with really no no success. Um, the midfield is getting a lot older, injury prone. And just not really able to to dominate possession and the defense. I mean, they spent all that money, but it hasn't looked that much better, has it? Well, Chilwell and James are both injured. Uh, that's, oh, James is injured. Yeah, but he's been injured for like a month. Oh wow! Oh, I guess that's why I transferred him out. Yeah, <laughs> he's out of the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, very sad to see. Very sad to see. Yeah, but yeah, I think biggest thing is honestly personnel. Um, just because I think Tuchel obviously won the Champions League two years ago and with, with like, yeah, yeah. you know, with a, quite an average score. Team. Yeah. 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 And I think that's probably elevated overinflated um, the expectations around this Chelsea team. Um, and, you know, in, in the, in the following two years, it's become quite clear that perhaps, you know, Tuchel just had a, a bit of that extra special something with him to, to win the Champions League with that team. And, and now it's, you know, our expectations for, for what this Chelsea side can do are perhaps a bit uh, unrealistic. Yeah, I mean, everything this Chelsea team does will be judged through the lens of, you know, this team won the Champions League just a couple of years ago, and now they're struggling to, you know, even get in the Champions League. So it's 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 not a great... It's, it's not great for the 
the mentality around the team, I would say. Mm-hmm. Just considering that they, they're probably thinking, oh, we have to, to live up to, you know, what we did two years ago and not really be able to establish their own identity. Yeah. I also did see some comments about, you know, um, the the Chelsea, the players in the Chelsea team, some of them, like, they don't really hang out with each other. They're not really close with each other. Um, and, and there's generally just, like, kind of not that much, you know, team spirit, camaraderie in the Chelsea camp, which is a little bit concerning. Yeah, yeah. No, that's never great to hear. Yeah. Oh, and did you see, um, it was like, I don't know, I think it was the three-year anniversary since that 4-4 game against Ajax at Stamford Bridge. Mm. Um, And of course, Ziyech popped off that game playing for Ajax. Right. um, And he actually (laughs) posted on his Instagram story him scoring that goal from uh, almost the corner flag, which is a crazy thing to do. Yeah, that's not a great look. That's not a great look. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny. Yeah, it is. Arsenal, though. Um, I mean, they've looked. I mean, they're the league leaders for a reason. I would say. Yeah. I think he's really figured out how to get how to get the best of his team. I think. I mean, I'm I'm not sure that Arsenal will be able to withstand this over 38 games, but at the very least, they'll give City a run for their money. Yeah, they just keep rolling. Yeah, they do. They do. I mean, every, I I think every week. We're thinking, oh, is this the week that they get exposed? Mm. That hasn't happened yet, has it? Well, yeah. Also, um, Arsenal haven't played City yet because that game got postponed. Right, so right. maybe that's that'll the game. That would be a great game to watch. And I think, obviously, if Arsenal can win that game, they will probably establish themselves as the, the front runners. Yeah, the mentor versus the mentee. That's right. I, I think it's pretty amusing to me that really – City and Arsenal fans don't really have an issue with each other. Hmm. I feel like their teams come from like the same DNA. Like, yeah. Kevin Arteta, you know, there's no real rivalry between them. They used to work together at City. And I think that, I mean, obviously every fan wants their team to win, but they wouldn't be so opposed to coming in second to that other team. Interesting. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. All right. And then uh, oof, Villa 3. Man United won. Emery, yeah, I mean, this Ten Hag experience—it's—it's it's quite a roller coaster, isn't it? <laughs> it sure they, is. they have some great performances and make make you think they've really, you know, turned turned the corner, but then they just come crashing back down to earth sometimes. One of them, or Emery is just insane. I wouldn't go there quite yet, but. I mean, Emery at Arsenal was not inspiring. No, definitely not. I mean, he's a proven manager, certainly. Yeah. But I, I, I doubt that he can really get something out of this Villa team. I mean, he has now completed the the Villa gauntlet, if you will, um, having coached Sevilla, Villarreal, and now Aston Villa. So, <laughs> anyway, a way to, to track his progress. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think he's ran out of Villa teams to to go to. But I did see a stat uh, about Leon Bailey, mm-hmm. certain Leon Bailey, who is by the way now dropped to four point five million, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has scored, I believe he scored four goals um, in the in the Premier League, and they have each come under different managers. That's. Wow, that's that's quite a stat. That is quite a stat. I guess Gerard 
um, Emery. Was there a caretaker manager in between? Um, I, I believe his name was Darren Banks. Okay, I guess he got one under him. And then, could the fourth be have, have been before Jared came? Yeah, I actually don't remember who it was. Huh. Um, let's have a look at that. Um. Oh, uh, Dean Smith. Dean Smith. Oh, Dean Smith. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's quite something. I mean, he's obviously such a talented player. Yeah, he just hasn't really been able to put it together. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been used right, and he's been injured quite frequently. That's true. That's true. I mean, so I think if I were Emery, I just wouldn't play Bailey anymore because I'd want to keep my job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds sounds about right. Yeah, and, and interesting to note, um, Villa did play United again just yesterday in the League Cup, and Villa led two one going into the break, and then. I think it was 2-1, maybe. Anyway, Villa led, and then Man United pulled it back to, to win 4-2. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Villa, they they have some talented players. Bailey's one of them. Um, I, I do rate Ollie Watkins still. <laughs> um, I, I think they have Wendia. Tyrone Mings is somehow playing for England. But, I mean, they've really been struggling to get any sort of consistency in the league. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um okay. Let's let's move on to Southampton 1 Newcastle 4. Uh we can only talk about one man. That man is goes by the name of Miguel Almiron. Yeah, I mean Almiron for most of his Premier League career. I mean, I would I wouldn't say he was a joke, but it, it was almost a, a well-known running running gag that he just could not find the back of the net. Mm. I think there was a year that, you know, his, his first goal came in like week 32, which I mean, just, just the fact that he has eight goals already. And it doesn't seem like a fluke either. Like no. he's really, the underlying numbers look very strong. It's really just remarkable to me. Yeah. And he looks very strong, brimming with confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure it, it kind of snowballs. Oh, sure. For sure. Right. I mean, just the, and also I think just having, a much better team around him has helped immensely. For sure. I was going to say, um, tactically, Trippier making those overlapping runs on the right-hand side with... Yeah, yeah. But also having players like, you know, Bruno Hamarayesh, even Joe Ellington, really, hmm. to, to help him really get the ball in, in those good positions and take some of the attention away from him has really helped him so much. Absolutely. And like even before he came to the Prem to Newcastle, when he played for what was it Atlanta? You know, it was an MLS team. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't even good that good um, in MLS. I didn't think so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what, what he did over the off season, what type of what type of steroids he took, but it worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, um, interesting. Like, I think I think. It'd be interesting to consider, um, say, Maximan's impact on Almiron when yeah, he comes yeah. back. Uh, obviously, I mean, yeah, go on. I think, say, Maximan, he's such a difficult player to properly rate because the things he does on the ball are, are remarkable, but he just doesn't have, you know, the finishing touch. He struggles to turn what he does into, you know, tangible goals and assists. And, I mean, if he's able to turn into something of, you know, a supplier for Almiron, 
you could almost imagine that it could help both of them. Mm. But there is a slight concern, at least in my mind, that uh, say Maximan coming back and and you know doing what he does, which is all this trickery with no real end product, will will severely um, hinder Almiron's form. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely possible. I mean, there's really no way to know because that's I I think Saint Maximin does have something of a tendency to be the, the talisman, mm. and you can almost imagine that if he tries to just play the way he's always played, it could definitely detract from Almiron. But I think I have confidence in in that Newcastle team and Eddie Howe to really get the best out of both of them. Yeah. Last thing on this game, um, there there in past years at least there has always been that meme circulating around uh Newcastle where it's it's the it's like the gold like sports car in like a rundown shed you know that yeah one? yeah yeah and and you know it's always been say Maximen as that gold car but now I'd argue they have multiple gold cards they have uh, Bruno G they have Amaron Trippier um I mean are Maxman. they even in a shed anymore uh, exactly exactly they've Hard to say. Yeah. got enough money yeah. to upgrade to something better a real garage yeah 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 Nick Pope as well yeah, no, Pope's been very good. Yes, I mean this whole this whole Newcastle team really has really been a revelation. Listen, they are third for a reason. Yeah, they are. They are. I mean, good players. You know, spending money to get proven Premier League quality players helps you win games. Oh yeah, shouldn't be. Surprised. Oh, and 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 Wilson. Calum oh Wilson. yeah, yeah, Cal Wilson. He's great. I think he's dealing with some sort of illness right now, and he's somewhat doubtful for game week sixteen. Yeah. But... I wouldn't be surprised if he plays and, and does very well. Mm-hmm. All right. And finally, uh, Spurs 1, Liverpool 2. Mo Salah with a 15-pointer. Yeah, I mean, he he's he's the king for a reason. I think he's, even when Liverpool have been struggling, he's always able to, to come up with a goal. And he came up with an assist too in this game. So yeah. It was two goals. Oh, was, right, right. But yeah, yeah I, I don't think it's surprising that he's able to you know, consistently, somewhat consistently turning these types of, types of performances. Yeah, definitely not surprising because I took him out for a minus four. Um, so, of course, he's well, going to do that. Better. I think that's why. That's, yeah. That, that, yeah. Um, And, of course, if I bring him back in, um, he's going to blank. And if I don't bring him back in, he's going to keep rolling ahead. Yeah, I mean, is... you really, like, what you do will determine. How Mo Salah performs exactly, exactly. It's and that's that's a pretty remarkable power that you have. Yeah, but it's just the way it's just the way life goes as a fantasy manager. Oh yeah, all me. I control the fate of ten million players. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I mean Spurs really threw everything they had at Liverpool in that second half. Yeah, and I mean, I think Kane got a goal near the end, but. Overall, it just wasn't quite enough. I think they were... Son missed the game, right? Um. Yes. With yeah. Eye injury. eye injury. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, Son's been struggling, but it seems like they really could have used him. Yeah. I mean, Parasic playing a striker is quite insane. Um, yeah, he has I mean, some good chances. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's such a unique player that you can imagine that he can play pretty much anywhere with some decent results, but it feels like they need to have better options up top. Yeah. And uh, one of those players is Kulisevsky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think 
There's a stat that in 20 games Kulusevsky started, he has six goals and 13 assists. Madness. That is a madness. That's remarkable. Yeah. Uh, of course, we'll we'll talk more about him later um, in the next segment. But uh, any concluding thoughts about Spurs won Liverpool too? Um, I mean, I think both of these teams have been struggling for consistency. I'm not yeah. buying the fact that Liverpool this is going to be the catalyst for them mm-hmm. to really turn around their season. But it's certainly a step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, we all thought Bournemouth 9-0 was going to be the catalyst. Oh, yeah. yeah. That seems like so long ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Aren't... I mean, at one point, Bournemouth was higher in the table than Liverpool. I don't know if that's... Stupid. I mean, Bournemouth are just not a very good team. No. But... They... Oh. Yeah. I, th- I think they're 17th right now. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish below either Wolves or Southampton. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll be Forest, Bournemouth, and maybe Southampton. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of teams still, you know, in that region. Mm-hmm. Like Southampton has 12 points in, in 18th place. You know, Leeds are in, in 12th place, but they only have 15. Mm-hmm. So there's really still a lot of room for for things to happen. That's right. If one of those teams goes on a decent run, then that could really secure them their safety. That's right. All right, moving on to the dilemma deliberations. Uh, since it's only one game week left, there isn't really that much to talk about. But the primary question, of course, is who is the best one week punt for game week six, game week sixteen? Yeah, I mean there there are a lot of options we could choose from. So we really went uh, position by position to to really discuss what your your best options are. Um, should we start in in defense with uh, Ivan Perisic? Yeah, um, as we touched on. Well, okay. I actually think with Kulisevsky back, um, he's almost definitely not going to play up front anymore. Um, no, I mean, I think the striker thing was a, a very temporary experiment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, at left wing back, he's he's. Uh, I would say he's a bit. He's he's been a bit underwhelming, um, considering the expectations that were placed on his head before the season started. Because um, you know, he had a remarkable season last last week uh, last year. Um, playing for Inter. Yeah, he did. Um, but I don't know. It just hasn't really materialized for him this this year. I think part of that is definitely down to, to minutes, uh, sharing those with Sessegnon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think when people looked at what Parisich had done, I mean, they were expecting that he could play about like 30 games. And also, you know, the big one is he'd probably get, you know, a goal every five or six games. And he doesn't have any this season. So just really that having not materialized has really hurt him this year. Yeah. Um, and next up, we have Andy Robertson. Um, of course, uh, in seasons gone by, he's always been uh, much less owned than uh, Trent. But, you know, still at a significant amount of ownership. But this this year, uh, he's selected by what percent of teams? Uh um, I will check. Just four point one. Wow. Four point one. Wow. Yeah, Ball that is down to six point seven million. And I mean, I can't blame teams honestly. I mean, just two assists, two clean sheets. You know, I mean, when you get a premium Liverpool defender, you're really expecting, you know, about twelve clean sheets probably. And with Robertson, you'd hope for about you know seven or eight assists. And 
That just hasn't really materialized either. No. Yeah. And he was injured for a bit. Um, and Zimikas yeah, is a yeah. very able deputy. And that's somewhat concerning, honestly. I mean, I think given how Robertson's been pretty unremarkable, I mean, I, th I think his, his spot in, uh, in gaming 16 is pretty secure. Yeah. And going forwards, there's no guarantee he gets the lion's share of the minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously he has been um given uh given the, the license to go forward, uh while Trent has actually been the one to sit back more, which is obviously a subversion of what we have seen uh typically, but you know, it, it bodes well. Yeah, yeah. I mean I think at the start of the season especially it looked like he was getting in very advanced positions. I think he's almost been a bit more defensive recently. But I mean, given his his past production, I wouldn't be surprised if he really returns to prominence soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if um if money is an issue, uh, I think Ben White is a rather good yeah. shout. Yeah, I mean, yeah, White's pretty much locked down that right back role. He's been hasn't had many attacking returns, but I mean that Arsenal defense is very solid, and if you can get a part of that, I think. Arsenal, they're a pretty good bet to keep a clean sheet this weekend. Yeah. yeah. And the great thing about White is he typically gets substituted around the 70-80 minute mark. So if... Yeah, I mean, it's strange because in, in most players, you don't want that. But that can almost, if Arsenal can see the late, then that can allow him to keep his clean sheet. Precisely. I also think Luke Shaw could be a decent shout for four points. Really? Really? That's a name I have not heard in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's been quite decent. Been quite decent. Hmm. I mean, I thought I thought I think it was Malassia who really won that that starting role. But... No, um, Shaw's started for a couple of weeks now. Really, really. Yeah, I think it's similar to what happened with Telles. You know, Telles coming into the right, right, right. Shaw right. to do better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not really any other exciting picks. Really, you could go for an Everton defender against Bournemouth. Could go for a uh palace defender against forest but think parasitch uh white shaw and uh what's his face robertson are probably yeah i think those are some some great names okay moving on to the midfield uh any more words about kulusevsky yeah i mean i think i think we've pretty much covered everything that he provides to the spurs i mean he's a a great option down the wing able to get involved both you know scoring and assisting and you know when i think if kane's really back in his striker role i wouldn't be surprised if he almost draws some of the attention away from from kulisevsky who's able to run in behind and, and get some goals yeah also um yeah i mean la last season i think it was quite like a a, a common uh popular opinion that kulisevsky is probably the best winter signing last year right I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he was getting compared to, to Saka. That was the big debate. Kulisevsky or Saka. Right, right. And Saka and, hasn't been bad. No. But, I mean, I think if if we look at all of those 8 million players, I think the main options we were discussing were uh, Foden, Madison, Mounts, Saka, Kulisevsky. How would you rank those right now? All right. Now, um, let me just pull those up. Right now, I mean, who knows what's going on? Do you know what's going on with Foden? No, I mean, the the literally the week I bring it bring him into my team, 
he just gets dropped to the bench. There's no explanation. He was playing extremely well. Oh yeah. It just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. I think Pep, I mean, Pep, you know, Pep was probably following my team. And he's like, oh, the moment, the moment this guy brings Foden in, I'm gonna take Foden out of my team. Mm. Yeah, I, I think maybe you control what Foden does and I control what Salah does. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Those are our, our separate special powers. Yes. Um, but right now, I would say Saka, then Madison, honestly. Uh, Foden, if he plays, I put him up top. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, and then probably Kulisevsky, then Bowen, and then Mount is just a bit of a bum, isn't he? Just a bit, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and then I think another midfielder worthy of mentioning is uh, Rashford. Yeah, I mean, I think Rashford, he's been beset by some some hardships this season. Oh, I think it's fair to say. Hasn't quite been able to, to lock down the starting spot until now. I think he's played 90, 80, 90, 90 in the last four games, which mm-hmm. is very encouraging. And I, th- I think that, I mean, he's definitely talented. There's no doubt about that. And he's playing a full defense that is the worst in the league at, you know, giving up expected goals. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Rashford's able to get on the score sheet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a very long time since we've seen a, a fit and firing Marcus Rashford, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably two years ago, the last time. It was, yeah, it was the nineteen twenty season. Well, I mean, in in twenty twenty, in twenty twenty one, he had eleven goals, eleven assists. Oh, really? So I think he was definitely up there. Interesting. Um, right. And then in 1920, he had 17 goals, eight assists. 1819, 10 goals, seven assists. But last year, only four goals, two assists. Just yeah. extremely discouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, three years of proven production is very impressive. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if if Rashford's able to to rediscover that at some point this year. Yeah, you don't just lose that from your exactly. DNA. Exactly. All right, and finally, up top. Um, Let's start with let's start with Rashford's teammate, Anthony Martial. I think he's gonna start this week and I think he's gonna do very well. Yeah, I mean, I I would never bet on Martial as a player, to be honest. I, I don't really rate him. But I think that if he's able to really secure some minutes, he's a decent bet to to produce. I mean, same thing with uh same thing as with uh, with Rashford. He, you know, he has some, you know, he has a good track record of having some very good seasons. Um, we have to remember in the nineteen twenty season, he was among the the top uh, five highest point scoring midfielders in the whole. Yeah, game. he had two hundred points, which is quite something. Seventeen goals, nine assists. Yeah. Uh, since then, he's pretty pretty much fallen off. Unfortunately, yeah, that is quite sad to see well i i he absolutely still has that in him yeah yeah i mean like we said with rashford the talent doesn't just go away like that Mm -hmm. and i think that i don't know if ten hag is really the man that can get the best out of him but i think if he gives him the chance martial is a decent bet to produce i certainly think he'll be better than ronaldo well yes yes i mean ronaldo has been just awful so there's no doubt about that, but yeah. 
All right, and now now for a bit a bit more of a you know serious proven punt. Um, Darwin. Darwin. He has a xg and plus xa per ninety of one point two seven, which is second in the league after Hosmer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's such an enigma, isn't he? Because yes. when he plays, he he gets on the score sheet so much, but he doesn't play that much. And I mean, if you look at the the per ninety numbers, then yeah, I mean, he's been pretty great. But he only is, I think, thirty one points this season. Really, just not good. No, not at all. But I think he has. I, I, he'll definitely start against Southampton next he should, week. He should, yeah. Um, and he is. Uh, on on paper, Liverpool play a bit of a, a four two th- uh, four three four three one two with Firmino at Cam and Darwin and Salah up top. But right, right. In reality, it's kind of um, Salah up top and, and Darwin kind of on the left wing a little bit. But he he's just he's just not very good, is he? I I don't think when I've watched him, I've come away that impressed at his ability. And honestly, I mean, on some level, you just have to say, if I don't think this guy is that good, I'm not getting him in my team. And yet, his XG plus XA, that just screams, like, get him in ASAP. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely the type of debate we've talked about pretty often between the eye test and the stats. Mm -hmm. And I think every manager will just have to, you know, go and make that decision on their own. Yeah, I mean, he scored 26 goals in 24 games last year. So, at uh, Benfica? At Benfica, that's right. Yeah. Wow. But, you know, I I also think I just want a way into that Liverpool um, attack because I'm not getting Salah back in. And especially uh, playing against a managerless Southampton, I think it'll be a feast. It could be, it could be. But who knows, maybe, you know, Southampton rally around, you know, the hardship they've experienced and shell her pull out. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, that has happened before when a yeah. team who recently lost their manager actually turns up. Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly not unheard of. And, you know, maybe if Southampton come out with some tactics that Liverpool haven't really seen, it could, you know, give them a bit of an edge. But... There's so much uncertainty baked into a team without a manager, isn't there? Yeah. Well, I mean, Liverpool has made a this this season at least they've made a habit of uh, doing well against more difficult opponents and really choking against the, the easier opponents on paper at least. Yeah, I mean, I think they they beat City and then turned right around and lost to Leeds. Yeah. So yeah, it's not a lot of a lot of fake turning points. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Very true. All right. And um, moving on to our, our second question, second and last question, and it'll be, it'll be brief. Um, is it worth it to take a, is it worth it to take a hit? I mean, I don't think it is to be honest because I mean, you have a team for this one week and you have the players and they'll get whatever points they get this week. And then you have a chance to completely reset your team. So unless for whatever reason you're really struggling to to field eleven players, I th- I think the upside just isn't there on these hits. I agree. 
I agree. You only have one week for it to pay off. And I mean, you you basically, the player has to get a return um, for, for it to be yes. a, a good move. And the player that you get rid of has to not get a return. Yeah, exactly. For that, me, that's a pretty tough bet to take. Exactly, exactly. For me, it's very easy to make my one free transfer going from from Wilson to Darwin because I mean Wilson probably won't start actually because um, yeah. his illness. But I wouldn't take a minus four. Um, honestly, I just rely on my bench. You know, get a safe two points. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now I'm. In a similar dilemma, I have a, I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I have Dominic Calvert-Lewin, <laughs> and he got injured against, uh, I think it was Lester. Um, and so I think I'm just going to get him out straight up for Gabriel Jesus. Good shout. Yeah. Good shout. Feeling pretty good about it. Hopefully Jesus can get back to his early season form. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't set the world alight has he besides that Leicester game when he got two goals to assist yeah yeah I mean he's been very solid yeah but I I thought he was going to be the type of guy that he had you know 210 215 points mm. and it seems right now maybe he's only gonna be around 180 yeah 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 so somewhat disappointing but I think it'll still be a very strong debut season at Arsenal for him absolutely okay we'll wrap up <laughs> All right, and finally moving on to the captaincy segment. Uh, honestly, for the majority of this season so far, uh, it's been similar to last season in that it's just perma-captain Holland uh, in the same way last season was perma-captain Salah. But this week, I think there is some room for debate, perhaps. I think maybe there's a small amount, yes. But I, th- I think, I mean, we'll go through the options. I think Holland is still head and shoulders both the rest. Yeah. But I think there's definitely some upside in terms of having some uh some less uh owned players. You think Holland will start for sure? I mean, I think I think he probably will. I mean it's the last game he'll play for about six weeks. True. Um I mean Holland from the bench is still pro- quite dangerous. True. Um you know, I mean, we saw what he did against uh against Fulham, and I mean, he's just been so excellent. I mean, 122 points already, um, 18 goals in in 14 games. Yeah. I, I just don't see how you can cannot use him. Yeah, uh, XG per 90 of 1.19, which I've is seen. I've seen. Geez. And if you tack Actually, on 18 X... goals in 13 games because he didn't play against Leicester. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you if you tack on XA, it becomes one point four five expected goal involvements per ninety. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, those those are odds I will take very happily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just the most, arguably the most dominant player we've ever seen in the last few years in the Premier League, and he's you know every every week he started pretty much, except the Bournemouth game and the Liverpool game, he scored a goal. That's just ridiculous. That's so crazy. Just ridiculous. Crazy. I mean, I know Salah fell off last year after AFCON. Mm-hmm. But I think Holland's being rested for for a World Cup, that could almost help him. Did absolutely well. Absolutely well. It's, it's it's almost scary to think that he could take his game up another level. Yeah, honestly. I mean, he did comment, come out and comment that, uh, I mean, yeah, he said, I scored a hat-trick of hat-tricks against uh, playing for Norway. Um uh, 
couple yeah. years ago. I should I should try doing that more often. That's yeah, what he you said. should. You should. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't really matter because he'll be at two hundred percent effective ownership. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's just about getting your your triple captain right. And uh, his main rival, Mo Salah, it's, I mean, there is merit to it, but I just don't think if, yeah, I mean, you, unless you're a bit of a psychopath, it's just not really the rational thing to do, is it? I don't think it is. I mean, yes, Salah had those two goals, but Holland does that all the time. Yeah. I mean, goals win you, win you games, they, they get you points, and Holland is just the king of that right now. I would say Salah's two goals against Spurs, they were like, they were out of the norm for Salah, at least this year. And Holland scoring two goals is very much within the norm. So, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that there's, there's definitely a chance that Salah cannot perform Holland, but you're just not taking good odds. Mm-hmm. And then uh, De Bruyne, potentially, you think? I mean, look, I love De Bruyne. I think I'm I'm very happy that most people are coming around to him being the best midfielder ever in the Premier League. Oof. But I think that in terms of FPL uh, output, it's just there's no reason to sacrifice points. And play yeah. De Bruyne over Holland. Because, I mean, De Bruyne, if he gets assists, the goals are probably going to go to Holland. Exactly. And I mean... Yeah, there's always a chance that Bruno will get a goal too. I mean, he scored some incredible free kicks. His long range strikes are remarkable. But I mean, it's just it's not the best play in my opinion. Do you want to take this chance to to give your little spiel about assists that we were talking about before? Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, it it really does seem like assists are somewhat overvalued. Like, I mean, players that can get assists, I mean, you know, it, it's great. Like, I'm never going to say no to three points, but it feels like really you need to be targeting goal scoring output because, I mean, you think about, you know, a forward will get you four points for a goal and probably, you know, one or two more bonus points. And they can do that. I mean, the good ones can get about, you know, at least, you know, 12 to 15 in a season. I mean, it's rare, it's very rare for even like one player to get 12 assists in a season. And it just feels like, you know, the assist, they only get three points because a player's already gotten a goal from that. That guy's, the sister's probably not getting many bonus points. And it just feels like it's, it's not the best. It's not a long-term strategy. It's not a good long-term strategy to target players because you think they'll get assists. Mm, exactly. And if you look at the assist charts, uh, if you want to pull that up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think De Bruyne is at nine. There are a couple other players uh, at five. But really, I mean, beyond that, there's, I mean, if you're getting four assists, I mean, you'll probably, you're on track to get about nine in a season. But that's really only, you know, the difference between four assists and nine assists is only about 12 to 15 points. Mm-hmm. It's, that's that's about two goals. And it's really just not, not so prudent to... Consider assists as a main way to score points in FPL. Yeah, and also you know if you look on the flip side and look at the the, the goals scoring charts, um, you have Holland at eighteen, Kane at eleven, a bunch of players uh, at seven, eight, nine. 
So yeah, I mean, seven goals or four assists. I mean, there's no comparison. Not at all. Yeah, so that brings us to the end of this long-awaited episode of the FPL Fortress. We hope that we've given you some good food for thought going into the final game week before a month and a half long break. Yeah, I'm pretty set on uh, Wilson to Darwin, but I just know that whatever pun I will take, I will blank, and the player who I transfer out for him will haul. That's the FPL way. Well, let's hope not. And also, let's hope that the World Cup brings us a bit more insight. Yeah, that's all for now, and wishing everyone a healthy green arrow.